Hello and welcome to Words of Wisdom, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the Book of Proverbs. Your host is Dr. Jerry Weirwall, who will share life-giving truth from Proverbs that will help us become wise and discerning. Wisdom is a journey, and we hope you will join us for this exciting adventure. Proverbs 21:22 says, "A wise person scales the city of the mighty, and he brings down the strength of the city's confidence. To begin, we should recognize that the proverb is making two statements about a wise person. First, the wise person scales the city of the mighty, and second, he brings down the strength of the city's confidence. Both statements are not making the same point, and therefore we can conclude that the proverb is likely using synthetic parallelism, where the two statements should be taken together to form the meaning of the proverb. Now, let's look at each one of these statements more closely to understand more about what they're trying to say about the wise person. The first description is that the wise person scales the city of the mighty. The Hebrew word translated scales means to go up or ascend. And in the context of a person scaling a city, it refers to climbing over the city's defensive walls. The purpose of scaling the city's walls, though, is to gain access to the city, which would spell defeat if the person was part of an invading army. They would then open the city gates and let the enemy in to take over the city. But this is no wimpy city. It is the city of the mighty, meaning it's full of mighty warriors. A city full of mighty warriors implies that the city is well defended and outfitted to withstand an attack. It's not that the city just contains strong people who are great at battle, but that the city itself is strong and formidable. We could say that the city is a stronghold or a fortress, a place where the enemy can't easily break in and conquer. In addition, mighty warriors would attack any person who was trying to scale the city wall. The person would be met with an onslaught of arrows and spears and heavy stones being thrown at them, all while trying to ascend up the wall. It would take a most extraordinary warrior to be able to overcome such seemingly impossible circumstances. However, the wise person is said to be able to scale such a city. But this can't be meant in a literalistic sense, as though the proverb is claiming that a wise person is one who is very physically fit and an excellent climber and capable of successfully getting over the wall and infiltrating the city. Rather, the imagery is meant to be taken metaphorically in the sense that a wise person is being depicted as able to conquer a city of warriors, but not in physical combat or direct strength. In the second line, the wise person is also said to bring down the strength of the city's confidence. The word strength is being used as a metonymy for what is protecting the city, that is, its walls. And the city places its confidence in its walls, thinking that they will protect them and that they are sufficient to prevent enemy forces from being able to enter the city. And so the people of the city feel secure and confident that they do not need to be concerned about the success of an attack because they are certain that their mighty warriors and their high walls can fend off any adversary. But the wise person is said to bring down the strength of the city's confidence. The wise person is again being likened metaphorically to a powerful army that can topple the seemingly invincible defenses of the city, whether it's the high walls or its expert fighters. Thus, 
The wise person who has wisdom is being figuratively portrayed as the enablement that can both invade and tear down the walls of a city. The seemingly invincible and impregnable barrier that the citizens put their confidence in as their protection and security is overcome and destroyed by wisdom. So what does all this mean in the context of the proverb? Well, the proverb is presenting the superiority and power of wisdom against the foolishness of trusting in mere human abilities and brute strength. The concept that wisdom is more important than physical strength is similarly stated in other wisdom literature passages in the Old Testament. For example, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 16 says, Then I said, Wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is treated with contempt, and his words are not heeded. And again, in verse 18, it says, Wisdom is better than weapons. Furthermore, elsewhere in the book of Proverbs, it says, Better is the one who rules his spirit than one who captures a city. That's Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. The wisdom here of self-discipline and self-control, that is, one who rules his spirit, is so powerful that it is said to be better than the mightiest person who can even capture a whole city. Now, how does this translate into practical terms in our lives? Have you ever placed your confidence in something that you never should have and it ended up letting you down? This has happened to me on a number of occasions in my life, but I think it's becoming fewer and fewer. Nevertheless, I remember this one time I had just gone shopping and I was unloading groceries from the trunk of my car. I remember on my second or third trip, gripping one paper bag in each hand and then lifting them out of the trunk. I turned and began walking toward the house, and then I heard the loud sound of glass shattering and breaking. And suddenly the bag in my right hand felt a lot lighter. Well, I'm sure you can guess that the bottom of the bag tore and the contents fell out, including several jars of spaghetti sauce. Apparently, the bottom of the bag had gotten wet in my trunk. And as you probably know, wet paper is not that strong. So now I had a bunch of broken glass and tomato sauce to clean up in the driveway at my house. And I couldn't make my spaghetti dinner that night either. Darn it. But you better believe me when I tell you that I no longer carry paper bags without having one hand underneath to support the bottom. I don't want to have that happen to me again. Sometimes... Our mistake might be in trusting certain things or components that we think should always just work, but we never take the time to stop and check or test them before using them. Perhaps something like maybe the parking brake in our car, or how about maybe how slippery stairs are in the winter, even after salting them. At other times, our mistake might be being too confident in our jobs or our wealth, or national stability. I think the tendency is that we misjudge things all the time and rely too much on our expectation that things will proceed according to how they most often have or the way we think that they should. I believe that the more careful we are to understand how things can go wrong and fail us, we can avoid more episodes in our lives when they do. But let me be clear. 
Wisdom is not about perfectly predicting the outcome of all circumstances or avoiding any unexpected developments in a situation. No one can do that. Unexpected things will happen in life. Period. Nonetheless, while we can't prevent all undesirable incidents from occurring, wisdom will reduce those encounters and help us to not misplace our confidence. Really, the only thing truly worthy of our confidence is Yahweh and his faithfulness to his covenant promises. Well, in order to illustrate this proverb, I want to tell you about a historic event that I think perfectly exemplifies what the proverb is teaching. Rulon Gardner is an American born in Afton, Wyoming in 1971. Growing up in the rural countryside of Wyoming, Gardner worked on his family's dairy farm. Because of the labor-intensive work on the farm, Gardner gained much strength and was a strapping young lad by the time he graduated high school. Gardner was an excellent athlete and was very successful in football, wrestling, and track and field in high school, but excelled most in wrestling, becoming the Wyoming State Heavyweight Champion in 1989. This propelled him forward to compete in wrestling at the collegiate level, where while attending the University of Nebraska, he placed fourth in the NCAA Championships in 1993. Then, Gardner decided to take his wrestling to the next level and he entered the tryouts and qualified for the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, Australia. In Sydney, at the Olympic Games, Gardner's victories kept piling up until, surprisingly, he found himself in the championship match for the Olympic gold. Gardner had never ranked higher than fifth place in any world-class event before. He was now competing in the world championship with at least a guaranteed second-place silver medal. But Gardner's competition in the championship match was none other than Russia's top wrestler, Alexander Karelin. Karelin had won three previous consecutive Olympic gold medals and was looking to be the first in Olympic history to win four Olympic championships in wrestling back-to-back. Moreover, Karelin was previously unbeaten for 13 years in international wrestling competitions and had severely beaten Gardner previously at the 1997 World Championships, where Karelin beat Gardner 5-0, throwing him on his head three times. Not only that, but Karelin had achieved world-level titles in wrestling every year from 1988 to 1999. He was a walking legend in the sport. But this time... Gardner wasn't going to go down so easily. As the match progressed, it was clear that Gardner was wrestling with a focused mind and purposeful strategy to not give Corellan any openings. Gardner was conservative in his attempts to grapple, but not being overly aggressive and leaving himself vulnerable to a counter-maneuver by Corellan. At a little past the one-minute mark, Gardner is called for being passive and is placed in the lower position on the mat, giving Corellan the advantage. Corellan specializes in the reverse lift maneuver, and this should have spelled the end for Gardner. But when Gardner almost got lifted twice and it looked like he was going to be in trouble, 
he was able to unbalance Corellan and prevent him from completing the throw. After a scoreless first period, the wrestlers enter the second period in the clinch position. Both wrestlers struggle in their lock around the other person. Corellan struggles due to Gardner's wide 54-inch chest, and Gardner struggles because of Corellan's chiseled shoulders and chest, and his, and his arms kept sliding up around Corellan's neck. And then, right at the moment when it seems like Gardner was going to lose his lock on Corellan, Corellan's grip slips momentarily, and his hands separate. This cost him a point, and he was now losing 0-1. to one. As the wrestlers continue in the second period, Gardner gets called for passivity two more times. But Corellan is unsuccessful, as the young wrestler tenaciously works to maintain his weight and position so as to not give any opportunity to Corellan. As the time ticks away, Corellan attacks several times and tries to gain a point on Gardner through a lock or a submission hold. But Gardner is cautious, executing flawless defenses by deflecting Corellan's advances. As the period winds down, there are only a few seconds left on the clock, and Corellan desperately tries to get a hold of Gardner, but Gardner evades him. Then with only a couple of seconds left, Corellan relaxes his body and stands up, acknowledging that he has been beaten. This was unbelievable! A young, no-named wrestler from Wyoming, who has never won a world title in his life, just bested the greatest Olympic wrestler of his generation, the undefeated champion, Alexander Corellan. No one would have ever guessed that this would be the outcome of the match. Gardner was outclassed by Corellan in strength, experience, speed, agility, and so much more. But he was able, through careful tactics and defensive-mindedness, to beat Corellan. This truly was one of the greatest upsets in the history of Olympic wrestling. What this demonstrates is not that raw power is unimportant. Because if Gardner didn't have the physical strength to resist Corellan, he would have quickly lost. Rather, it shows that the victor is not determined by sheer strength alone. A good strategy trumps strength. The proverb expresses how a wise person is greater than a walled city full of mighty warriors because he knows what to do and how to do it. And that is more important than being simply strong and powerful. Wisdom is the greatest skill that a person can gain, for with it, they can even defeat opponents who are more capable and better equipped than they are. We must be careful not to trust in things that bring false security in our lives. Strength, money, possessions, friends, and other things don't provide the assurance that wisdom offers. We often think that with power, we can change our lives and the world, but this is false hope. Instead, Wisdom is what gives us a hope for a better future and a life well-lived with true meaning and purpose. Psalm 33, verse 16 and 17 say, A king is not saved by a large army. A warrior will not be rescued by great strength. 
The horse is a false hope for safety. It provides no escape by its great power. Wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom is supreme. This is the wisdom of the proverb. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Words of Wisdom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so appreciative if you would share this podcast with your friends. And if you have been blessed by this work, please consider supporting the podcast by clicking on the donation link in the description.